0: Everybody's scared shitless of Jin, and they should be. There is a reason why they are so frightening. Um, And please excuse my language, um, but seriously, they can fuck you up. So there's, there's this delicate balance, I believe, as a magician one must take. We... I, I suppose in like for example in the Goeisha, we are used to, at least the way I do it, you take on power, you you assume high authority, and you perhaps use the angels to constrain them, and then you command from a place of power. With the jinn, it's not usually advisable to bully and command. I won't use the word bully, because I don't I don't really even bully the demons. I just politely command. But with the jinn it is vastly different. Yeah.
1: Hello and welcome to the Spirit Box Podcast, where we explore folklore, magic, the world of the spirits and everything in between. Today we welcome back the wonderful Mademoiselle Vondredy for the third time on the show. Now her previous episodes centred around her use of glamour magic, her expertise in servitors and the use of sigils, but today we're going to focus on her work in djinn sorcery and she has some fascinating insight and some and some hair-raising tales to go with it um, in today's show. So we'll be getting into the aforementioned gin work, we'll be talking about her experiments in Abramelin square magic, and working with the forbidden grimoire of Harut and Marut, a book said to be written by the Egyptian sorcerer Altuki. We also get into a recent brush with a djinn-possessed person that... that Mademoiselle Vendredi had, um, which, as you can imagine, was pretty nerve-wracking. Staying with the theme of jinn. our guest gives her account of her recent trip to the city of Jins India's Delhi, and her visit to Feroz Shah Kotla, the fifth city of Delhi, ancient Ferozabad, the citadel of Ferozabad, which is known to be inhabited by 10,000 jinns. To close out the show, we get an insight as to what it's like to practice magic in a country where it is strictly forbidden and indeed punishable by jail time and in some cases death. An important consideration for those of us who don't have to deal with that kind of punishment. In the Plus Show, we continue that thread about danger and practicing magic in the Middle East. As a result of that kind of looming danger, Mademoiselle Vendredi talks us through the strategies that she's used to develop and kind of adapt her magical practice to not have any written materials around her, so memorizing sigils, memorizing incantations, all of that kind of work. And indeed, the importance of servitors and servitor magic in camouflage, uh, camouflaging her magical activities from prying eyes that may do her uh, her harm. And we get into the intensity of the aftermath of djinn magic and the difference between working with demons and working with djinns. And how there are waves of after effects uh, working with gin that are particularly distinct from working with, say, the Goisha. It's it's fascinating stuff and as wonderful, and as and as usual, Madame Vondredy is charming as she is knowledgeable. If you want to hear the plus show, simple way to do it is come and join the Patreon where you can hear the extended shows, the plus shows, and get a host of other benefits. Now, to close out, uh, it would be risk of me not to mention that Mademoiselle Vondry will be running a djinn workshop introducing people to the principles of sorcery and the djinn. And in this workshop, and it's, it's absolutely jam-packed with stuff, it really is, um, she'll be covering the history and origins of the djinn, tribes and types, the categories, the Burhatia conjuration, the seven djinn kings, their corresponding days of the week, techniques for conjuring, the Demon Bowl, the Seven Seals of Solomon, uh Harut and Marut ritual, which we we, we touch on in the show. And she'll also get into uh, kind of some of the legends around Belquis and and one's Kareem. Uh, it, it's you know, that's definitely not a one hour workshop. That's a lot, a lot of stuff and, and one that I, I will be taking up myself. You can find the relevant links um to the relevant places in the show notes. So be sure to get onto that one because I imagine that will sell out pretty quick okay let's get on with the show I feel strange welcoming you to the to the spirit box given that we're always chatting so um but you're sure you're welcome again <laughs> how are yeah. you
0: here I am once again, Manresal Vandreji returns. Third
1: <laughs> charm, third time the charm. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's fantastic to have you uh, have you back on the show. And when when was the first one? Uh, two the, years
0: ago. The very first one was two years ago, yeah. and as you and I were discussing yeah. just before you came on, you uh, didn't even know what I looked like. I I refused <laughs> to show my face. Yeah. Uh, and you know there, there was there was some initial I wouldn't say mistrust but definitely when you first reached out to me it was like who is this person yeah. what do they want and then of course <laughs> pretty, yeah. pretty quickly realised that you had an awesome podcast and yeah that was the first time
1: yeah absolutely and um god I remember that yeah that um that yeah, it wasn't easy you know. Speaking to a blank screen.
0: <laughs> well, I did kind of feel sorry for you, but at the same time, you know, obviously it was the very first time I was yeah, sort of yeah. coming out onto the scene. Yeah. In fact, I credit you all the time for being the person that actually sort of dragged me into, uh, <laughs> into notoriety. I won't use the word fame, but notoriety at least. Yeah, and yeah, fantastic. So you, gave, you sort of gave me that start. And then from mm. your very first um, podcast with me, we, mm. or episode, we I, I started getting um a lot of inquiries and then it's sort of mm. just snowballed yeah. from there so yeah
1: fantastic fantastic um well it's lovely to have you back and um we're going to go through a whole range of different things today um different subject matters and, and Obviously kind of picking up with your, 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 um, your latest work, your kind of your, your recent kind of exploration, um, into various different, um, fields of magical execution. I know a lot of people, are, uh, know you for your, your, your servitor work and your sigil work. Um, and I must say I've been on, you know, I was on your, your first sigil course. Um, yes, you yeah, were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's really, really good stuff. And I, I, I do actually, I do use it um i'll refer back to it quite frequently whenever the um the need arises um so i'm really interested to hear about you
0: that's a pretty ringing endorsement i should say um (laughs) and i make me sound amazing but you know obviously like we i think we you know everybody's familiar with that term you know nothing Mm. new under the sun Mm. it's just um you know methods which i found after several years worked for me and i had no idea if actually people would find these techniques. I have had, of course, one or two people uh who joined some of my workshops when I used to still do them live, I don't do yep. them anymore. Um, you know, and then they would say, Oh, it hasn't really worked, or maybe mm. and you know, always after a little bit of discussion, maybe listening to how they um went about things, maybe they followed the steps all my steps to the T and it didn't work, mm. or maybe they um changed it slightly there's always a way through it. Um, but yeah, essentially, um, you know, all this, all, all the things that I've learned about sigils, about servitors, yeah, you know, obviously I had to learn them from other sources, mm-hmm. uh, but then you inject, this is what I always say to, to, to people, you, you when you inject your own, you know, you put your own little flare on it and you really, yeah. truly, yeah, yeah. It, that's when the magic happens. Um, yeah. Well I well I was just
1: reflecting on that kind of in, in, in the run up to preparing for today. And you know, there's there's as you said, there's plenty of resources out there of how to kind of um you know employ servitors um in into whatever you need them to do. Um but it is that little tweaks, that those, those kind of nuanced bits of like where you've got all this experience of actually working with ser working with your own servitors. And that comes true in that course. It's those little bits that you only gain from experience, you only gain from doing, and that I found really helpful uh, and really kind of you know just worked for me. I have to say. Um, so, what have what else have you been up to?
0: Oh, okay. So, what have I been up to lately? Well, a few, a little. Uh, well, no, not a little. Quite a big hiccup recently in my personal life. But you know, throw myself back into all sorts of stuff. You know, funnily enough, when these big things happen in our lives, you know, it kind of, at least in my uh, experience, it really propels you to sort of just go excuse my language fuck it and just try it and just yeah. you know do everything and get you know don't procrastinate and just think because i've had abramelin squares on my list of to-dos mm. um forever and that's one of the things i'm currently experimenting with so uh, i came across abramelon squares like most people if you know when they started reading books back in the day and you know yeah i saw them and i thought you know that's interesting i wasn't mad I wasn't much of a, um, a mathematician. I still am not. Mm. So when I first came across them when I was much younger in my late teens, I thought, it's numbers. I'm not going to get it. Move on. But um, recently I've been rereading um, the grimoire Abramel and the Mage and, or Abramel and the Magus. And um, yeah, the, the, the squares sort of started calling out to me. Okay. So that's one of my... I'm sort of neck deep in that work, um, at the moment. And I'm also reworking through, um, Al-Toki's or Al-Toki, I should use the correct pronunciation there. Al-Toki's, um, grimoire of Harut and Marut.
1: Yeah. The, that, that absolutely fascinates me. The, the Harut and uh, Marut stuff. I've been, um, I was reading up again, kind of in preparation for today. And, um, oh, so interesting. You it know. is.
0: Yeah. it it is because it's um i think it's 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 just presented in a way that's like here are the steps this is what you do this is a sigil and these are the names of course with my i'm going to say fairly extensive experience with working with the chin i also added some elements um which i cobbled together from other experiences other workings to make it my own Mm mm-hmm but the Harut and Marut Grimoire is absolutely fascinating. Quite difficult to come by. I had to go on eBay a few times to have a look at um, um, copies. And Ishtar Publishing, I should say, they made they they brought out a copy in 2014. There are older copies which have not been translated into English, so you can get ones uh, in Arabic, in Persian, Farsi, in Urdu. Right. Um, but it wasn't until 2014, I believe. Might be wrong here that there was an earlier English version, but it wasn't very good right. so the the um the ishtar publishing one is is pretty complete in my opinion
1: yeah fantastic um and for for listeners who aren't familiar um with this particular area um could you could you give me kind of an overview of of our book?
0: yeah okay so um well the, the grimoire itself is, um, it's basically a book of spells and it is written or it's attributed to um, a very mysterious character called, um, I, be, I don't even know what his first name is, uh, but he's go- he goes by the name Al-Tuki, T-O-U-K-H-I, um, and he allegedly was an Egyptian sorcerer and allegedly in his time, so we're talking uh, first half of the 20th century, he printed uh, over 30 books are in in arabic um sort of dealing with various occult um material uh, summoning jinn um he i think he wrote treaties on healing arabic healing magic uh, i think in the sort of the tradition of previous philosophers he he also wrote about sort of islamic philosophy um but this particular um book which he wrote deals only with um magical spells right. which very much hearkened to a lot of them feel very like the Greek magical papyri type right. spell. There's a lot to intone to encant. Mm. there's usually a sigil. there are words of power to use um yeah so so to sum it up in a nutshell, it's an Arabic magic grimoire
1: fantastic um and I was looking at the kind of the some of the mythology around those figures, the, mm. the two angels. Yes, Harut and Marut, um, which is always fascinating.
0: Really fascinating. I mean, uh, again, you know, one can only really speculate as to whether they're really angels or not, because yeah. I've never seen the names Harut and Marut outside of the uh, is uh, outside the Quran. However, we do have variations of their names, the fallen angels, in um, the Torah. But their names are not Haruj and Maru. They're a a longer name. I can't remember what they are. Um, But the essential story is that they were two angels that had fallen to earth. And they were bringing that in one version, according to which school of Islam you follow, um, they were fallen angels that had turned to devils that then were offering humanity the chance to learn Sahir, black magic and sorcery. So so Sahir is the yeah. word for black magic um and then in other schools of islam like the sufi um the sufis believed that they were not uh fallen angels but just simply angels that were passing on magical knowledge to the human race
1: yeah
0: um so whatever you believe it doesn't really matter because the spells fucking work they are amazing um and I suppose I maybe should say this because it's one yeah. must say it um if anybody's interested in in doing that type of work, you can definitely pick up the book, you can go through it and literally just pick up a love spell. The book itself is ninety percent love spells um but there are spells for causing a hemorrhage in yeah. uh, In an enemy, there are, I I call them spells, but they're more like rituals. There are rituals to, there are no rituals to bring money, which is a little bit of a a downer for me, but, you know, Uh, Um, but there are a few rituals to, mainly to know your enemy's plans, things like that. But yeah, 90% of the grimoire is love spells. But my advice, and this is just a, you know, friendly warning, you know, you can, your listeners can completely disregard this if they don't feel it, but whilst the grimoire itself um, can be worked uh, alone by itself, I believe, because Al-Tuki, um published all of his 30-odd manuscripts and books, I believe there's uh, a lot, and if you work with the djinn as well, you'll know that there's a lot of preparation to do beforehand, and there are certain things to do afterwards. So what I'm trying to say basically is, you can take the spell at face value and try it, but it's better to know a little bit more about the history, about how you summon jinn, um, how you uh, can call upon certain words of power. There's the infamous Bahatia conjuration, which takes about an hour to actually say. So I don't do that. I don't do the full Bahatia. I just um, I do a, a much condensed version. Um, and then there are the calling of the jinn elders, the Jin, the seven jinn kings. Um, So basically what I'm trying to say is, yes, you can use the spells, but just do some background check. Mm -hmm. Maybe just get up to speed on a lot of, because it's highly ritualistic. It's also very animalistic, but there are just, for lack of a better word, there are conventions when you're working with the djinn. So there is this very popular, um, I don't know if it's a theory, but there is this popular understanding, and I say popular within the, islamic texts that jinn can't actually hear the call of the magician or anybody unless you go through a hierarchy so i'm sure you you know this from other systems of magic where you start with the big guy and then you go all the way down to the jinn you actually want to call or sometimes in other um um, hierarchies you go from the lowest and then you work your way up to the main jinn it's the same thing here
1: fascinating um it sounds extraordinary and i think i think your um your your gentle warning is is you know should be taken on board by my listeners you know I, I, you know these things are are formulaic for for uh very precise reasons um very significant reasons and um the gin are um not to be taken lightly and uh, with your work i know you've you've done an awful lot of work with the gin um of late and um you mentioned that you've you've had some really kind of startling results and um, um one of the things I found really interesting is how you mentioned that they're kind of they're they're, they're different um in their field or, or in how they deliver results from kind of other kind of groups of of spirits like the go that kind of thing that you've you've worked with um previously could you talk to that
0: Yeah, no, definitely, of course. Um, Right, well, I can definitely say this. There are several, I'm sure, and and I've come across so many people that have messaged me or I've seen in forums that I occasionally visit. Everybody's scared shitless of Jin, and they should be. There is a reason why they are so frightening. Um, And please excuse my language, um, but seriously, they can fuck you up. So there's, there's this, Delicate balance, I believe, as a magician, one must take. We, I, I suppose, in like, for example, in the goisha we are used to, at least the way I do it, you take on power, you you assume high authority, and you perhaps use the angels to constrain them, and then you command from a place of power. With the djinn, it's not usually advisable to bully and command. I won't use the word bully, because I don't... I don't really even bully the demons i just politely command but with the jinn it is vastly different Um, so there are horror stories about you know uh, jinn hauntings and how they are very difficult to get rid of Uh, yes they feel very um volatile is probably a, a, a good way to put it that's a nice way to put it um their energy is can can be very frightening I I will not lie, I will not sit here and lie to you and say that I have not shat my pants, at least on one gin summoning occasion, because the thing is you're doing it in the dark, no lights on, with a a couple of candles and a gin bowl, and you know, your mind starts playing tricks on you, but then when you're calling out these ancient names of the seven jinn, and things are getting, you know things are going down because you start hearing things, you start hallucinating, uh, I mean, I've had several times this this particular experience where I'll be taking on authority and power and using certain words from the Bahatiya. Um, <clears throat> but, by the way, for your listeners, the Bahatiya conjuration is uh, attributed to an Arab philosopher and magician called al-Buni. Uh, but I don't think he's the one who actually wrote it. Um, it's cobbled together from much... Older sources, but the basically the the whole Berhatiya conjuration is this long text of seemingly random words, which are all words of power to command the jinn, and supposedly, according to some texts and authorities, the very words that King Suleiman al-Dawud used in order to construct his temple. So, in English, King Solomon, um, they are dangerous. And that's not me trying to be, look at me, I can come on gin. No, uh, but they are seriously, they are dangerous. I have had more than one sleepless night after working with them. But there's a redeeming thing. Once you do push through the fear, and we've spoken about this before because I've, I've spoken to you many times about my personal experiences with them, but it's almost like a test. Except the test never gets easier. You never stop <laughs> feeling you never stop feeling absolutely like like you're gonna yeah. you know yeah, <laughs> like yeah, the contents yeah. of your dinner are just gonna go straight out as soon as you start calling them. That never goes away. Mm. But the way you handle yourself gets easier. But that's and here's the thing, that's only with some gin. Right. There are other gin that don't deal with humans for what their own reason mm-hmm. and you might find that they can sort of fuck you up a yeah, yeah. No, that,
1: that makes an awful lot of sense uh, and like we've been talking and kind of on, on my patreon about like night work but what I call night work in in in, in, in my practice anyway um, which is even though it's like sometimes it we will, will involve yeah calling a ritual work absolutely but it's the same thing it's the same kind of test of metal yeah. you know because you're you're either doing or you're simulating like life or death stuff you know yeah. and your body has that reaction you know absolutely,
0: absolutely. You know? but you're you're staring off i mean i'm like you said you know you're doing it at night uh presumably you haven't got much um like in the way of light like you know yeah. probably the candles or whatever or you're doing it out in the open in the middle of a forest you know, I am personally quite the scaredy cat. It's such an ironic thing to say when, in reality, I'm the one summoning demons and gin in the middle of the yeah. night. Um, but in real life, I mean, I cannot watch horror films. I cannot watch, I cannot even read thrillers or anything because they scare the shit out of me. But then I go and do something like this where, I'm, you no, know. I kind, of, I kind of get that. Like
1: I, like, I used to love horror films. Like, no. when I was a teenager, I used to love them, Horrible, horror, books, no. horror films, you know, all the time, right? Uh, no and like much like yourself you know been out in the, you know on a lonely moor at midnight you know calling the dark one and um which yeah it, it, a similar experience you know oh, for the fucking hell <laughs> you know have I <laughs> been yeah when you but do
0: it yeah do it, it. it because you're there for a reason you're exactly. there and you're right you get to that point where it's almost like a fight or flight do you stop yeah. the rich if you have the control you can stop it but then i guess that is the true test of one's metal because you push yeah. through regardless of the fear and like i said uh, because people will attribute the same feelings like when you work with the the, the demons and you summon the goetia yeah um that intense feeling of fear I don't feel that anymore I've worked them worked with them for so long that it's almost like greeting uh I won't use the word friend but people like colleagues yeah not all of the demons but with some most with some of them um but again like I said with the Jinn, it that feeling of fear actually never goes away when you're doing the ritual so you hold it at bay as much as you can Mm -hmm. there is a moment where perhaps there's a stillness um when you get to the apex of the ritual and yeah, you know, you're not constantly thinking, fuck, 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 I need to stop. You yeah. get to the, you're like, you're there to make a polite request. So you just got to, you know.
1: Yeah. Uh, and at that point of stillness, I, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, the air stops moving. That's but, right. Yeah. It's, it's really quite something. Um, You know, I, like, I I haven't used a huge amount of grimoires. Um like a, a lot of my stuff has been visionary. I have done some uh, grimoire work but but I'm not um robustly versed in it. Mm-hmm. Um and it's something that I kind of want to delve into more, you know, and, and kind of um look at a lot more of kind of formulaic approach to to engaging with spirits. Cuz sometimes what I what I found is that sometimes I'll get loads. Mm. You know, I get I get a lot. It'll come through real, real easy, real, real easy, and then some. It'll stop, you know. And there's times when it stops that I actually I need it, you know. Yeah. But I but I won't be able to get it. Like it'll just go, kind of. It'll switch off. Mm-hmm. So there's part of me that kind of wants to explore. Well, how do I get more kind of rounded in grammaric sense, so I can kind of bridge those gaps. Right. But at the same time. I'm also thinking. Well, I sh- yeah, absolutely. That's definitely worth exploring. Uh, certainly, as as a, as a scholarly pursuit and and, and and a practical one. But at the same time, those moments of of when there's withdrawal and quiet are probably when I'm being forced to concentrate on something or develop something. You know, i part of 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 my relationship with the spirits that I work with. Um, but definitely, that's something that I'm going to I'm going to look at. So, yeah. you know, which is why I love talking to you about about this stuff. Um,
0: now. Which way do you want to go do you want to talk more about gin um i've had I've been having a lot more gin encounters outside oh, of Richmond. yes, yes. I mean, this this year has been ridiculous yeah um one I want to actually talk about um with you today if that's okay is one that happened about three months ago so in order to tell this um account, I actually need to uh, explain a little bit about what i do um it's a it's a it's a casual um job it's not one of my main jobs as it were and basically i facilitate uh doctors nurses and any other type of medical um staff who want to immigrate to countries like canada uh america england the uk from um subcontinent countries like india pakistan sri lanka places like that um and occasionally some uh countries from the from the middle east so uh, I'm trained to to uh, assess them as they as it were. I assess their knowledge, and basically the ultimate aim is to see if they have the technical medical knowledge for the application, the the job that they're applying for. It's it's a lot it's a lot of fun um, because you get to sit in uh, individual meetings for about fifteen to twenty minutes, and you assess them, you listen to them, you ask them relevant questions. It it, it it it's fun, you know, it, it's not my main job, it just passes the time on the odd Saturday when I happen to not be doing much, um, but this time, oh my god, so I was getting ready, it was, uh, I, I was about two or three candidates in, so I'd already had, you know, my first one, and it was just going pretty slowly, and then my next candidate walked in, mid, mid, late no i'd say mid-late yeah mid-late 40s uh by the looks of her name and also by the way she was dressed in her um, ethnic clothing she was indian um oh no sorry pakistani because she had an islamic name um a muslim name and my god from the moment she came in dara something was definitely wrong with this lady um there was just something off about her now i want to uh impress upon your listeners that I, it's part of my job, I have to interact with them, talk to them, ask them relevant questions, and they cannot leave the, I can't leave the room. So you're basically locked into this 20-minute meeting inside a room with this person. There was something off about their eyes, they looked too flat, and if anybody knows what I mean, they'll just get it immediately. There was... There was movement, but there was no movement. And I I shit you not, Dara, the entire 20 minutes, she did not blink once. Yes, exactly. It gives you the heebie-jeebie creepies.
1: Oh, gotcha. Um,
0: so she came in, she sat down, and immediately one of my services was going off in my head saying, kind of like, danger, danger, danger. Um, I didn't feel I was in danger, but it was definitely a warning sign. So as I was speaking to her... I was setting up my wards, calling up some more servitors and just sort of generally getting myself into a more defensive position. Nothing happened. There was no, there was, there wasn't even any recognition that I could see from the djinn because that's what I assumed she was um, when she was interacting with me. There was no recognition that, aha, this is a grand magus woman. No, there was none of that. Um, we carried out the interview as usual. But it's like a scene in a movie, you know, like when they had that scene where the character is speaking to somebody, but you can hear their inside thoughts at the same time. And I was just getting this cacophony of, and then I had the servit- my servitors talking to me as well. The way she moved her neck, it was very disjointed. It was as if, for to sound like, to just say it, she looked like she was being possessed by something that didn't know how to move like a human creepy creepy um so basically by the end of the interview we finished it thank you very much uh, and then uh, they left but we already know from human psychology and behavioral science that even looking at someone for more than a minute is uncomfortable can you imagine being in an interview with someone for 20 minutes where you know, like how we would naturally look down or look away or focus on the, none of that. She looked dead into my eyes and there was nothing moving. There was mm-hmm. nothing at all moving. And it was very uncomfortable. Uh, I, she yeah, left. Very... I just had to sort of leave the room and ground and center. It was, yeah. Yeah. Very yeah.
1: Well, I mean, like, I, I, like, that sounds really intense. Um, I, I can imagine how full on that felt. Um, but like I mean I think I think we we spoke about it before like when I was in a, in old Delhi and we'll, we'll get to your recent adventures in 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 Delhi, um, in um, Nizamuddin Alia the a tomb in there, yeah. that's the one that came up my dream like about oh, yes. a month before the month beforehand I went where I saw that kind of individual in a white hat turn to me with a okay. decomposed face saying don't come here, and then. Um, I went there Um, and uh, there was when I was taken to the area where people with gin problems were were held waiting for treatment Mm -hmm. there's an individual in a white hat eyeballing me staring straight at me and just mouthing off and I've I've never really been frightened to take a photograph before but I I was then I I really was like in fact I only really took the photograph because i was embarrassed not to take it in front of my fixer you know um well yeah the whole thing about being eyeballs and then he just the minute i put the camera up just stopped dead. nothing mm. you know um it, it's so disconcerting i mean it doesn't sound as intense i mean i wasn't across the table i was thinking it was a good distance for me like i can imagine how you were like that, meter that up, you know
0: exactly. you know that feeling when you and yeah. you just no, and like you know, people could people could easily have looked at that situation and said, "Well," and people did. Someone uh, messaged me about it because I'd put it up, and they said something like, "You know, it could have been a trick of the light or something like that." Yeah, sure, it could have. But when you've been in this game for long enough, and you know, you just know, like the way you know if a spell has been successful or not, you just know. And my the first thing, the first thought I had, oh, oh, wait, I forgot. When she left the room, I I have to say, um, these interviews take place in busy educational centers. Usually you have to speak extra loud for the microphone that's recording the interview because there are so many people milling around outside. From the moment she came in to the moment she left, and I hadn't even noticed until she closed the door behind me, and suddenly all the noise came back into the room again. It It was like, I was visibly like, you know and i took a moment i had to take a break i called my um supervisor and i just said you know what i need a time out for one yeah, second
1: yeah sure
0: and, but then my thought was like you probably were thinking with this jinn that you saw my thought was what were they doing there you know what what the hell was this supposed jinn doing doing a, a you know if we imagine that the jinn are far beyond us in terms of being able to mm-hmm. you know according to the quran uh, appear and disappear in the blink of an eye why the hell is it doing hmm. efficiency exam as a doctor to immigrate to Canada? <laughs> it was very surreal, and then of course I laughed, and then and then yeah. I was kind of like, well, you know, they've got their own business. This is it, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's uh, beyond comprehension, you know. Um, For us,
0: For yeah. us, yeah. It's yeah, beyond comprehension. yeah,
1: definitely. Um, speaking of India. Mm. You were in in Delhi. Uh, was it started this year or tail end of last year? When,
0: where? No, it was, yeah. it this was year. This year. Yeah, yeah. In... I was there in uh, early early January for yeah. a wedding. Oh, sorry, sorry. Beginning of February. It wasn't January. It's was February.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I was in Delhi. It was an amazing experience. I didn't actually move about move very far on the days that uh, in the mornings because the wedding, as you know, probably yeah. the weddings there like take take up a week yeah, you know they are their best they are but so you so much food so much dancing so much drinking and <sighs> you know you have little energy for much else during the morning before yeah. you have to go off to another part of the wedding in the evening but on the second day I arrived I ended up going to the now you're gonna to have to remind me how to say this was it the Shah
1: Shah kotla?
0: that's it I, I, I don't know why it doesn't stick in my head um uh renowned uh 13th century no must be later it is mogul yeah 50,
1: so it's for, for, what's the capital of ferozabad That's um it. and
0: so what century are we talking 15th, uh, ooh, 14th, uh, when
1: the yeah, oh fourteenth, 15th yeah God, so it's, it. when the, it's when the motors so yeah it's definitely mogul um but i think the thing that throws that off is that it's got that the um an Ashkatan pillar on the top yes it does that, it, yeah. it's
0: confusing it's like what pillar yeah. is this
1: Anyway, that, that's super old like that's over 2000 2000 years old I think
0: oh, yeah, exactly and I think if I'm I don't if I don't know, I, I don't know very much about this history of that but I think the the Pharaohs, I think it was Pharaoh's, uh Kotler who Shah Kotler who g- must have taken that from a temple and then just yeah. put it there in the centre and was like yeah you yeah. know this is Islamic now <laughs> Um, yes, basically yeah. <laughs> cool that he was no um you you know this as much as I do the the fort itself is actually known for being the hub of yeah. a hub of gin activity so anyways I decided to go there um on the second morning it was uh after a very boozy night before very boozy so perhaps my general was a little bit um anyways so I took a little rickshaw it was it was only about 15 minutes from this uh, hotel that I was staying in massive hotel which was all being funded by the groom's family so fantastic i didn't have to pay a thing but um got hopped on this little rickshaw the rickshaw was the rickshaw man was confused because my my knowledge of hindi is very limited to a few certain words and obviously because i'm brown he just assumed i was indian so that was confusing i just had to lie and say no no i'm from the south of india as you know they don't speak Hindi. yeah yeah yeah. So i just lied and said no sorry
1: yeah
0: south. think anyways um Managed to drop me off. Funnily enough, the English cricket team were playing in the stadium just across. That's
1: right. There's a massive cricket stadium next door to it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And uh, yeah, went in, paid my little fee of one whole pound, whatever it was. Um, I also got the disc. I got the local. Um- I
1: was about to say you yes. definitely got the local discount.
0: I got the local price because <laughs> yeah, I yeah. just basically again said, no, I'm, I'm visiting from the south of India. <laughs> I'm an Indian woman because. I don't know if your listeners know, but you know there's two places: one for foreigners, one for locals. Yeah, I don't know if that's at every single site, though, is it? Pretty much,
1: yeah, pretty much. If if it's within if it's within the kind of the the, the heritage bodies, okay, yeah, that yeah. They, it's official policy, you know, uh, basically that these sites are the heritage of the Indian people. Um, the, the fees on the door are what maintains them. So mm-hmm. that's it, and, and for foreigners coming, it is. A little bit of a tourist tax.
0: I I get it. And it was well worth going in. Um, So what really drew me to going there was because I'd read about how local, local Indians from all across the city go there every Thursday in the evening to light lamps. Uh, Obviously not lamps like electric lamps, but you know, what I mean, like old fashioned lamps with the oil. They offer things like milk, bread, sometimes honey. Uh, and it's all towards, oh, and what's really cool is that they write letters to the gin Yeah, ambassador, I think the title is. They call him the jin ambassador because there's a jin assembly and then there's the head jin of this fort, apparently, and then all the little lesser jin and I went during the day and on a day which wasn't, it wasn't a Thursday. So I didn't see any of that. But walking around was quite the experience. I reached out mentally to whatever head of the gin was of that um, fort. I asked for permission to move forward uh, with my senses open. Yeah. Uh, and then I felt this a uh, nod of agreement or nod of like yes you may pass and then i felt like the whole time i was there exploring the site it was just me in this little in in this huge complex and i felt like i had an entourage of gin in front behind and to each mm. side of me and um yeah it was a it's one of those memories that i'll never forget because mm. i had the whole place to myself it was searing hot um, I managed to snap some pictures, which I put up on Instagram of some of the offerings people had left. Yeah. I believe the local, the people who look after and maintain the site, actually remove uh, the letters that people write. I don't know what they do with them, but they do leave the offerings because, of course, no one wants to upset the gin and no one wants to yeah, yeah, take away wrong. their take away yeah. their offerings. Yeah.
1: But,
0: wow, what an amazing experience! I'll never forget it.
1: Yeah, it's it really is an incredible place. Uh, it was a, there was a real, um, there was a flash rainstorm when I was there. Wow. Yeah. So I was already on edge, you know, so.
0: <laughs> it's, it, you know, it's one of those countries where you have to really be there to experience these. Mm. It's such, the the next place I'm actually, I was just speaking to you about this before we went live, um, which is I'm um, going back after the monsoon season, which is around the end of, well, I'm going to go around the end of September, beginning of October. With a little bit of luck, to Jaipur, and you mentioned going to explore.
1: Um... Uh, well, the, 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 there's the Amber Fort, which yes. is the the, the big so, um kind of castle fortress there, and there's mm-hmm. the um, Palace of Winds. Oh, um, that's right. And there's also kind of there's an outside, there's um the observatory there as well. Um, but I honestly I would. I mean, Jaipur is nice. There's there's a big jewellery trade there as well. Um. Mm. But uh, Jodhpur and Jaisalmer are, mm. are, are lovely. Or there's a tiny little, if you've got a little bit more time, there's a tiny little town called Bundi out in the middle of nowhere, um, which is, is fantastic.
0: I'm uh, actually, I've got my sights on, I've got my, hopefully I've got my sights on going to Varanasi, where they do. Ah, wonderful. Uh, was it the, yeah. the, the Ganga? The, the river ganges um uh yeah. festival every year
1: yeah uh, they do it they, they, there's a daily um puja uh, puja to anji the fire <laughs> god um on the, on the on the banks of the ganges well it do obviously we will exchange um we'll catch up before you go um and i'll give you the location of um some of the temples that i went to because there's the couple of agori temples that i went That's- to when I, when I met the yeah. agori out there um some of them are quite tricky to find, some of them are very easy to find. got giant cement skulls outside them, but um you know uh, which is a giveaway I uh,
0: to, uh I definitely need to put on my list of places to see yeah. yes, yeah, definitely
1: working well, definitely working well, yeah, oh, was such a tremendous place um oh, God. Make me think about travelling now. <laughs>
0: I mean, I've got all these places. I've committed myself and done a lot of magic to mm. go to, um, and I just need to. Um, I need to go. I need to go back yeah. there. And obviously, from where I live, my home city in the Middle East, it's very easy to get to. Um, it's literally just one short flight over the Gulf, the Persian. No, wait. Where am I located? In the. <laughs> one short flight over the persian sea that's it uh or what they call the persian sea and then yeah india it is absolutely magical a lot of poverty which was not surprising but mm-hmm. heartbreaking um but and, and i'm i visited a lot of temples while i was in delhi um just magical places i mean Mm. even if one is not spiritual i'm not particularly spiritual but i acknowledge the power that these places contain you know you imagine pilgrims Mm. going there for in some cases for centuries before she arrived and i went you'll love this i went past this tiny rinky dink makeshift shack looking temple and it wasn't and it was one of the one of the last days i was there Funny enough, I was actually looking for an Islamic tomb, mm. but I ended up finding this rinky-dink, tiny Mickey Mouse shack. And the only the only way I knew it was a temple was because outside there was a, a sort of like a mural painting to, um, I don't know which god it was. Um, I think it was Shiva. But as I went through this tiny rinky-dink place, I came out to this courtyard and this temple looked like, I, I don't, I mean, it was like, where am I? You know, have I trans- Have I gone back about two thousand years pre oh, British colonial yeah. times? It yeah. was, it was absolutely mind blowing. Spend spent a little bit of time in there. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Wonderful.
1: Go again. Yeah, Let's go wonderful. back. Now. Let's just yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. oh, oh God, I'm getting real. The real travel bug now. Thinking about that. Yeah. Um, so much fun. So much. Uh, Wonderful, wonderful thing to do. Really, really loved it. Um, Now, shall we talk about a more serious subject?
0: So this conversation actually originally came about only yesterday when I was speaking Mm -hmm. to you because recently in the local news from where I'm from, um, there was uh, a news article about how three men and one woman were had been tried, accused and tried of witchcraft, um, performing uh black magic, and then I believe the three men were sentenced to life in prison and the woman was executed. Um and I have to actually preface this by saying that these stories nowadays, you used to hear about them a lot more back in the day yeah. when I was growing up in this country. Yeah. These days it's almost unthinkable to hear this type of story. But right read it wasn't a main story it wasn't a front page story but it was just there at the back of the newspaper it caught my eye because they were talking about the title was something sensational like four black magicians found guilty and da 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 um in terms of the region the country i'm from is actually considered very liberal um but there is a hard line drawn uh, and if you cross that line in terms of being accused or being found with certain objects that contain obviously magical symbols and elements, um, if you're caught uh, doing any of that stuff, jail time is for sure gonna happen and mm-hmm. you you could very well be executed. Mm-hmm. It's a reality that I've had to reckon with my whole life. Um, so this leads us to this question that you know, you said, and right, rightly so. Mm-hmm we may be we may have these silly conversations and arguments online with others but at least you're able we're able to discuss it
1: Mm -hmm.
0: openly without the fear of we may we may fear being judged or being discovered but you'll never there is never this fear of someone who's practicing magic for example in england yeah Mm -hmm. there's never going to be the fear that the authorities are going to come take them away yeah and basically it's like you know before the witch trial well during the witch trials where you'd basically be accused without any evidence and that's mm-hmm. it yeah that's really how that conversation kind of came up yesterday so addressing it i think is an important point now
1: yeah yeah i really think it is you know i am it, it's a very very good I don't know. it's a well-needed perspective mm. you know uh, i think it's it's Yeah, absolutely. Sobering. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, um, like, I mean, broadly speaking, you're just seen as a curiosity in in kind of most Western countries. Um, You know, um, there are some areas where um, the description of being kind of a magician or a a witch or whatever one uh, describes oneself may still have potency you know, if you start talking about kind of um, some of the, the more um, famous spirits, shall we say, um, that still has kind of an echo of potency. But equally, there's there's still not that kind of, you know, life or death impact, you know, which is what we need to be very grateful of.
0: Well, let's just say it, you know, mm-hmm. in 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 all of the Western hemisphere, Um, including the Americas, you know, it's not illegal to practice magic. It's probably Mm -hmm. very much frowned upon. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can imagine, and this is something I can only imagine, but come on, Dara, you're not, you're not, you can't sit there and tell me that there are little small insular villages in Ireland where if you go around saying I'm a witch or I'm a magician, people are obviously going to ostracize you at the very end. Maybe Maybe even drive you out of town, no?
1: Yeah, but they'll react to you, you know? Yeah definitely reacted you know i i mean I, I i i understand why you know um particularly strange stuff starts happening right you know but but um it, it's you know you get run out of you might get run out of town or ostracized or or whatever, whatever but you
0: know? the law protects you because exactly. it is technically the freedom of expression and religion and free mm-hmm. thought and yeah all that where i come from that is not the law the law yeah. states that any because it is not a separation of church and state yeah um, the relig- the dominant religion in this case yeah. is um, is the government so any law that is decreed is a religious is both a religious and a secular law it it is all intertwined yeah um but yeah basically it's something i've had to contend with my whole life mm. um so i learned a few precious uh uh techniques for making sure um that i'm not detected yeah and again i really do want to kind of say this it, it is a, a a liberal enough country where i live and grew up it was a lot less liberal when i was growing up but it is now yeah. quite a liberal place mm-hmm. um we're not saudi arabia so that's not where i come from yeah. um where, you know that sort of thing happens all the time yeah
1: Who want to reach out or follow you? Where's Where's the best place for them to do so?
0: Instagram, but I do also have a Threads profile, which you can see that little badge up in my Instagram. Everybody's on Threads now. You know, it's like the mini blogging of it, well, it's basically, it's the it's Twitter, but, you know, but
1: not but not me because I'm a miserable
0: middle aged man. That's, <laughs> that's, well, it's fun. You know what? I, I actually recommend it. It's kind of fun. You know, before I decide to sue um, Instagram for doing it and then taking it yeah. down, it is actually kind of fun. But yes, I'm primarily mm-hmm. on Instagram. In fact, that's the only place I am on. And then I do have a Threads account where I do post mm-hmm. uh, daily stuff. There is also my Ferris Club, which is... Of course. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And I do want to make a quick mention about that. So mm-hmm. people always message me asking me what it's all about. It is sort of like a patron-esque community. I have released since January a shit ton of audios on various magical practices, all from my own experience, of course, mm-hmm. and all from my home city. So that's fun trying to... I go for long walks out in the desert so people can't hear me. Um, that, that's a true thing as well. I go... <laughs> I my audios right out in in the back of where my home is and it's in the desert so mm. no one's around to hear me talk um and i also have recently released two of my own personal servitors, which dara you are one of my first that's
1: right first. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah
0: both yeah. of them mm. uh, so i offer that to all of my members i also offer a free monthly card reading um for every month that they're subscribed completely free it's a 15 minute general reading on uh the inquiry of their choice and that's it yeah and I I upload lots of interviews um Dara you were on one you were one of the first people on my I was yeah my, I yeah. can't call it a podcast because it's not a podcast but um yeah and you know everything's happening there I post a lot of material which I would never post on my Instagram there so if you're interested follow the link in my Instagram bio.
1: Uh, fantastic. I'll make sure all the, um, the links are in the show notes. Well, it's been absolutely lovely, lovely um to catch up with you again and have you back on the show. Uh, fantastic conversation, uh, illuminating and engaging as always. um, And you're obviously
0: welcome back anytime. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Darren.
1: Wonderful stuff. Thank you, Mademoiselle vendredi It was an absolute pleasure to have you back on the show for the third time. Do check out um Mademoiselle vendredi's workshop. Uh the links are in the show notes. It's definitely one that you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna get on. Alright, that is it from me. I'm Darren Mason. You've been listening to the Spirit Box. Take care and talk soon. Bye.